0: You're listening to Midlife State of Mind podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host Erin Beadle
1: and Belinda Fleming welcome to our episode today about effective communication so we are going to be taking a a deep uh, look at how we communicate why we communicate the way that we do and deepening our relationship through conflict and
0: especially looking at how we communicate in times of conflict which conflict is unavoidable
1: conflict is a part of everyday life. It is because we're human beings and we're all approaching our day-to-day events from our own lens. Wouldn't you right. agree? And so that goes back to how we were raised and what our fa- family dynamics are. And then also it could be what type of work that we do, depending on if we need to be someone that has to communicate on a daily basis. I'm a registered nurse and I work right currently for a insurance company and I have to facilitate take conversations with injured workers on a regular basis. And sometimes there's misunderstandings about what the diagnosis is, what the treatment plan is. And it's my job to really be intuitive about listening to the information they're sharing with me and where there might be misunderstandings and how I can communicate that better. And then of course, you know, we can talk about our professional lives. We can talk about our familial uh, relationships. There's so many areas, but conflict is a part of life.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, plus I was going to add that you manage how many nurses?
1: So at our, we have four in-house nurses and we have, other outsource to vendors so those would be field case managers and telephonic case managers that are all registered nurses so sometimes it could be upwards of at any given time we might have ten nurses that are managing our our injured workers claims and trying to get their best medical care getting them back to work so it, it is an interesting dynamic and most nurses are very autonomous in what they're doing and so yeah I do oversee the nurses as well as carry a little bit of my own caseload and deal with the injured workers directly. And I love my job. My experience is from surgical ICU, many years of working in intensive care. And that is that one-on-one dialogue with families and their their loved one is in the intensive care. And that's really sometimes it's very shocking. They're not even understanding what is going on. And so I have to be a facilitator to explain to them and also tap into the emotions that go along with that. You were recently in the hospital. Maybe you want to share how you communicate as the patient. Patient. Yes. And how the team of medical professionals are sharing information with you. You have a different perspective from that particular incident.
0: Yeah. Well, like Glinda said, a couple weeks ago, I went into an arrhythmia and what really kind of tell everybody though the
1: background is you do have a pacemaker i have
0: a pacemaker um, that i've had since 2014 and i was born with a congenital heart defect that was repaired not until i was six so i have some residual effects and i've had many times over the years going into an arrhythmia a flutter a fib and i know exactly when i go into it and that's i think one of the things that bothers me the most so we went it was a friday because it always happens on a friday for me and i told jeff i think i'm in you know I think I'm in or a February flutter so we went to the ER on Friday night at six, at six o'clock which is the worst time possible to ever go right to the ER and they're of course saying well we don't know exactly I wanted to get shocked because I've been shocked about 10 times they get me back into a normal rhythm and if you can do it within a certain window then you don't have they're not there's not a worry about blood clots that can form in your heart when it's not pumping effectively the way it should and the, the resident's like, well, we don't really want to shock you because we don't know how long you've been in. And I'm like, girlfriend, I have a pacemaker. It will tell you everything you want to know. I'm like get that bright light and interrogate me, you know, I'm like, put that little, it's not really a bright light, but it's a magnet. And it tells you every single thing that is going on inside that my heart's doing every single beat. I mean, when they download it, but it was, it, it, it's just kind of funny. And then,
1: so really effective communication was super uber important because yes. of the time period that you have to get this handled effectively.
0: I got misdiagnosed. And so I ended up, they ended up releasing me, even though I was still in a flutter and then kind Monday when I had to do a transmission to my pacemaker company. And they're like, oh, you're in a flutter or a fib. Well, by then I'm past that window. And so I had to wait, get put in the hospital, get put to sleep, have a TEE, which is where they just put do an echo. Thinners. Put on blood thinners. So now I'll be on blood thinners for 45 days. And all because trying to be a good patient, I don't want to be a bad patient, but I can manage my own care in the sense, I mean, I can't shock myself, but I kept telling them, It happened at 145.
1: You knew what you needed and you understood it, but they were being very cautious.
0: Absolutely. But I'm like, 142 is when I went into a flutter and they're just, looking at me like I'm crazy but I'm like I know my body but well, yeah conflict comes up every day and how we handle it is the crux of how we handle it is being a good communicator right and communicating effectively efficiently and respectfully
1: and we all want to be seen we all want to be heard and we all want to be understood and so in order for that dynamic to take place we also have to be able to hear other people so we have to work on our own listening skills mm-hmm. and we have to work on trying to understand someone else's perspective that may be different than ours and then that's where we get to practice empathy
0: or knowing just or compassion yeah
1: I mean it it really and we're talking about personal relationships not not at the hospital with your PA but
0: even I do try to um, I'll never forget one time um, we were at Remember Theo's (laughs) yes and this woman was being so rude to our little favorite Theo's girl, Haley, and she was so nasty to Haley. And Jeff, my husband, was he taken goes, back by it. Oh, well, he, he called her out. He's like, Well, you sure are a joy to be around, which was not the right thing to say, but he could have
1: said it a li- way, way worse than that. That was actually probably a nice way of
0: saying you're being rude. Well, And because he was very protective of Haley, so she was just looked at him like she couldn't even believe that he called her out. And he's like, There's a better way for you to say this you know blah 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 but then when we sat down our youngest was with us Hayden and he said well you just don't know what date like he had a lot of compassion for her like you don't know what's going on in her life which we never do we know everybody's fighting a hard battle it doesn't excuse us being rude or to someone. But sometimes we act in a way that isn't becoming of us that we normally wouldn't if we weren't going through that particular time.
1: Well, there's a book that I've really been taking a deep dive into. It's called The Origins of You. And I do want to share one little thing about it and it because it hits on what Hayden was trying to portray, that this idea of systemic thinking, where you take into account that we don't know her story. We don't know her past relationships. We don't even know when we're when we're coming upon somebody in the public. We don't even know Haley's story. We love Haley because we have a relationship with her. But what's interesting about this is that we have to keep reminding ourselves that there's a complex and rich story present in every moment, and it's it offers us this perspective. If we can offer that perspective about ourselves, looking at like our our stories, uh, every interaction that we've had along the way every conflict that we might have communicated really well and maybe it didn't go as well as we had hoped we carry that with us into each interaction that we have even moving forward unless we're very self-aware and we're able to learn from it and then let it go and that's a whole nother episode but what I love about this is that what a gift it is to be able to see ourselves and others through this systemic lens what a gift it is to understand that what's happening right now in this moment isn't just about this moment it's really about every moment that predates it so can you imagine how much we could change our communication if we could remember that about others and about ourselves it's so interesting that out of the mouth of babes your son is over there saying mom mom but think of about it we don't know what's going on with this lady today right. and so it isn't an excuse for bad behavior but it is a different way of looking and it might deepen our communication with people if we can come from that lens of grace empathy
0: and try- Compa- compassion and just trying to understand well that's what I think when you are an active listener one of the important things about being an active listener is that realizing that we are product of our past experiences and so for me my past experiences may color what I hear you saying even if it's not what you're saying so it's important then that we don't read into what other people are saying yes
1: yes you're right there's some techniques that you can actually practice and it's Using I statements, I feel this way instead of telling someone, you know, you're you're insensitive or you're you're rude. How about the way you're talking to me makes me feel unimportant, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I think it's it's really interesting. There's so many techniques about listening and about communicating effectively. And really today, I think we just want to share with all of our listeners how it's so important to think about how we interact on a daily basis because it makes our lives that much more enriched if we can find better ways to communicate. And so we even looked up the four gates of speech. Maybe you guys are familiar with it. It is number one, is it truthful? Number two, is it necessary to say? Number three, is it the appropriate time? And number four, is it a kind thing to say? So maybe a more subtle practice of the four gates is that how you talk to yourself. And I talk to myself a lot but not in a negative way and I know there are people that struggle with that and I don't want to be insensitive to that. So if we have listeners that do have negative self-talk, this is an actually a really nice thing to practice
0: the four gates of speech right. with yourself. With yourself, yourself, right.
1: So what what's your talk? What what's kind of talk's going on with you, girl? Well,
0: so, <laughs> I have never had negative self-talk and I also, ha- I do struggle to understand or to really identify with that because I don't understand it, but it's funny because I, I'm not going around all the time like, hey girl, you're so hot, you're it, you got it going on maybe I should because I mean she sounds like a badass I love um. it. I love it.
1: So, so maybe we take a minute and just ask ourselves hey what are we telling ourselves Yeah. how are we thinking and talking to ourselves because I love that that is so fun and cool because maybe just one day out of the week we do walk around and say yeah. that to ourselves it's like
0: I, I, I'm you, bad yes. I know it it's like how athletes have their at-bat music you know so I have this big energy song as my, you know, at-bat music. All right, I'm, I'm g- coming out. <laughs> but I think when, oh, right. two the thing about conflict, when we encounter it, our usual response is to react. Mm-hmm. is to get reactive, right? And that is where I have had to, I mean, I've, it's been a practice since we started our yoga practice, our yoga teacher training practice, is really looking at my patterns of reactivity. And it's funny because even my kids, Jeff noticed that once I started doing yoga on a regular basis and really walking that path of yoga, that I, I got much less reactive. Mm-hmm. You know, I started pausing. And I think it should be allowed you should be allowed to call a timeout. You know, when you had a toddler who was getting wound up, You know, you'd say, all right, buddy, you need to go and you need to go to your room and take some quiet time. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like a punishment. It was more just to remove you from the situations. One of my first yoga teachers used to say, if any, if any time you're ever getting in a conflict with somebody, just drop down into child's pose and really freak them out. (laughs) You know, like it'll definitely like de-escalate the situation. And I think, but what it is, is oftentimes when we get into conflict, you know, we get into that fight or flight which is, it's our survival. Right. You know, and we I mean, don't want to
1: walk around in that. It's not, it's very unhealthy for us on a physical level, a medical level. It can, it can really be the basis for us to have chronic illness. Oh, well, it's,
0: it's very stressful. Yeah. I mean, you know, it causes stress in your body, oxidative stress, but our bodies are parasympathetic is the rest and digest. Sympathetic is the fight or flight. It doesn't differentiate like, oh, this is a small conflict. It's all prepared to run from the bear in the woods, right? (laughs) To fight or flight. Maybe you freeze. Danger,
1: danger, right?
0: And so you're going to have the same biological, physiological reaction, whether it's a small conflict or a large conflict, right? We get that whole, there's that whole cascade of adrenaline and all of that. But what we have to do then is maybe take that moment to pause and breathe and remind ourselves that okay we're not gonna have to you know fight the bear in the woods this is just i'm having a conflict like i had a few weeks ago if you listen to the podcast on don't be a karen with the lady at the gym this was not a conflict that i had to fight to the death with her right Mm -hmm. it was more just like oh
1: karen 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 those karen (laughs) conflicts they creep up and they catch you when you least expect it that's the interesting thing about karen conflicts so regardless of whether you're engaging in a conflict that you are initiating or you've been caught off guard by a conflict that someone else has perceived and now they're presenting it to you. So now you're dealing with their reactivity mm-hmm. and your reactivity. And we gotta pay close attention to when, when those things happen, how we respond. And we wanna make sure that we don't keep repeating those negative patterns.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because Karen's are not going away. As the last time I checked, they're they are really alive and well. And <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like it's a
0: plague.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that I also think is really important, too, is that when we are in a conflict situation, whether, you know, high conflict or low conflict, is that we aren't, I think my tendency, I should say, is I'm already crafting, because when I get on the defensive, I'm already crafting my response. I'm not even listening to what you have to say. If you come to me with an issue, I'm automatically on the defensive, I'm automatically in that fight or flight, and I'm like, Belinda's a danger to me. (laughs) And so I'm already crafting what is my response going to be instead of being an active listener and letting you talk. And so what I've done with my own kids and with Jeff, and I don't do this all the time because I'm by no means perfect. We're human. As I say, and especially with my children more than even Jeff, but with my kids especially, especially when you start having adult children who you can't boss around, or if you have a really, a very hard child maybe that always wants to butt heads with you, is I say, What I want you to do is I want you to let me speak and say what I have to say before you respond and just listen and don't automatically be thinking about what you're going to say to me. I want you to just listen to me, you know, and I try to do the same to them. Like when they call me, if there's something I say, do you want my opinion or do you just want me to listen? When
1: you're in the heat of a conflict, it is very difficult to not speak over each other. I'm very guilty of that. And then, then your voices get escalated because you're trying so hard for to them. be heard yes and those aren't good things and so then you have to go hey wait a minute let's just like take a time out let's breathe and can we table this just for like I don't even care if it's five minutes or maybe it is until three o'clock this afternoon and whatever whatever boundary you want to set around it but the issue is still gonna be there and then let's circle back and sit down and see if we can do it in a little bit more calmer <laughs> manner. Well, it's not
0: avoiding it yeah
1: passive-aggressive is a whole nother type of uh, communication that isn't healthy and that's not what we're talking about no. here we're talking about hey sometimes we do need to just some have that moment yeah and the defensive you hit on something really good if your go-to is to be defensive that keeps you in fight or flight and that isn't a good place with your intimate relationships to always feel like you have to you know automatically rush to being defensive so for some of us it's that we might have a, a behavior pattern of being really critical Of the other person and then we don't hold ourselves to that same standard so that Mm -hmm. could be a go-to so stop being defensive stop being so critical there are some other things too that might be behaviors that show up controlling trying to be controlling and we have to really respect that just like you said that we are are, if we're already in the habit of formulating what we're going to say next and we haven't even respectfully listened to what the other person's saying we're missing the mark Mm -hmm. we're just we're just missing it and
0: Well, when we've decided what the outcome is gonna be before it's even been thoroughly discussed, I know I'm gonna win this. So
1: it goes back to wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard and wanting to be understood. And we have to be able to be respectful of that other person wants the exact exact same thing. So what's interesting too, is that we have the choice to decide, do we wanna communicate or do we not wanna communicate? And so that's where discernment comes in. We practice when we're in a situation where you you have this moment that you get to decide is this person even wanting are they in a place that they even want to understand me and see and hear my side of it and if there's patterns of behavior if it's an intimate relationship where you have a long history and you both go into this dance of however the same
0: thing over and time. over and over right.
1: it. it's interesting because what happens is we can at that point make a decision to communicate or to not communicate and again that isn't avoidant either that's making a decision if you feel like you're at the point where someone has now chosen not to understand you and even give you space to, to share what you're thinking, sometimes you are better off just moving on.
0: Save your breath and learn how to really honor your boundaries. And I do think this,
1: this might be when relationships, sometimes you, you have to realize, wow, if they've already made up their mind not to understand me and I've made up my mind not to understand them. Um, Is it
0: worth pursuing this relationship anymore? Yeah,
1: it might be the ending of something, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's also important too when you're communicating, obviously being very clear and concise and respectful, but also not beating around the bush, like being very precise in your words and saying what you mean. And I've always said this with my relationship with Jeff is I've never made him guess how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. And so like you said about being passive aggressive, I've never been like, I'm fine. I might say, I don't want to talk about it right now because I feel really emotional about it right now. And I might say some things that I do don't want to say because I'm in a space of being very emotional so can we just talk about this later we said it's taking a time out taking a moment to breathe or maybe clarify my thoughts or and how you don't want to talk
1: in code to your husband or your spouse or anyone you want to you they they shouldn't have to
0: guess right? right what you mean
1: yeah and what's interesting is I'm going to be leading a yoga retreat in June up in the Blue Ridge Mountains and the focus the theme is the four agreements and if you haven't had the opportunity to read it um, it's an
0: incredible book yeah
1: And it's a quick read and it's really very simple. So, for example, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. It sounds very simple, but it's very, very hard to do sometimes. If you have the type of personality that wants to avoid conflict, you think that by avoiding conversations, the hard conversations that you're somehow going to avoid whatever feelings that come along if there's disagreements but the truth of the matter is you're just putting it
0: off you're just <laughs> delaying it right yeah. so, and probably making it worse
1: absolutely and so what's interesting about this is that your word is the power that you have to create your word is the gift that comes directly from you and you and so when we're speaking to people in meaningful conversations first of all we have to know what it is that we want and desire or whatever it is is the issue and be crystal clear about it and if you don't even if you haven't even spent time within yourself to think about what it is you're even asking or wanting to negotiate or whatever the issue is how can you be impeccable with your word if you Mm -hmm. if you don't even know what it is that you even want so I think it's important that we don't just few out words without giving some reflection of what, what is our motivation and what is the issue and that we perceive. And then when we do speak, we speak with the four gates, right? The, the, the four gates of speech. Right. And, and again, is it necessary? Is it it truthful? Right. And if we are talking to someone and maybe we don't have all the facts, um, then maybe we, something shifts within us when we realize, oh, wow, I made a mistake here. I, I thought this is how it played out. And that's where lis- good listening comes in too because you may think you have all the facts and you may think you have it all figured out, but sometimes we don't. And sometimes we have to be willing to say, oh, wow, I made a mistake or I I didn't understand that that is, is how it happened. And then, of course, is it the appropriate time? Is every time that a conflict arises, do we have to always state our case? Do we always have to be right? Those are defensive means that block a successful, effective communication, too. I don't know. What's your experience with having to be right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do like to be right. <laughs> I'll admit. But... In my defense, I'm a right a lot. I'm no. just saying. <laughs> no. I've had to learn sometimes that being right is less important than being kind and also having peace. I'm very confrontational just from experiences of growing in up. Personal
1: and family relationships or Yes, in I general. just
0: and I don't mean I'm going around some little steroid. <laughs> But if there's an issue, I just want to meet it head on, I think is maybe a better way of saying it. So if something's bothering me, I want to get it out of the way. And I want it done. I want the same thing for whoever I'm in the relationship with. So if something's bothering one of my kids about me, and they have told me things like, Mom, please don't do this mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't. This really makes me feel, you know, this way when you do this. If I bring up, you know, funny stories from when they're little or whatever. It, it, to, it embarrasses them. Totally. Right. And I just think it's so funny and cute. And they're like, no. It's, and I'm like, okay. To me, it doesn't seem like a big deal because it seems funny and cute. But to them, it's, it's disrespectful. They feel like it's disrespectful to them. And it bothers them. And so even though I don't agree (laughs) with them. You're taking
1: into consideration their feelings. feelings.
0: And so I say, okay, I won't do it anymore. I apologize because my intention would never be to make you feel less than.
1: What's so lovely about that whole interaction is that you're teaching your your children to say what they mean and to express how something makes them feel. They're being really good communicators when they do
0: that. Right. Well, my mom was telling me... I talked to her today and my middle son he had not gotten a lot of sleep the night before and he lives with his girlfriend and I guess they had had some words he was maybe a little bit grouchy and my mom said that while she was taking him to school he called his partner and said I'm really sorry I know I was short and I snapped at you so he took responsibility very quickly and it definitely made me really proud yeah I was like yes okay finally all those years of heartache and gray hair maybe is paying off you don't have a tendency to have to be right though do you (laughs) yes I
1: mean when you when you really think that you've researched you and I both love to do a lot of research and so when someone's speaking to us about something and we've we think that we understand it maybe even better than they do and then it's like no 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 and and there's this need to want to correct someone if their information might be a little different than what we think the information is and so I do I have to catch myself Because I don't want to be that person that's Mm -hmm. always thinking that I'm the know-it-all in the room. I don't want to be like that. But I do think that sometimes I'm sitting there going, yeah, I knew that. I know that. You know what I mean? But (laughs) you
0: do a good job at regulating yourself because you don't come across that way. (laughs) Well, that's
1: good. That's good. But I do
0: like to be right, just like you. Well, of course. (laughs) I'm like, who who wants to be wrong? (laughs) I mean, except for that, like, I do love when I learn new information. But I think both of us take a lot of pride... Like you said, in being educated and not just taking the surface answer, we like to dig deep and And, and have an
1: intelligent response, have intelligent conversations. But I also really respect when someone says, I don't know. And I've learned, and I actually have practiced with my yoga students, let your yes be yes, let your no be no, and if you don't know, be honest and acknowledge that you don't know.
0: There's no shame in not knowing. Because then once you decide that you don't know, you can find out and you can know if you have the desire to learn.
1: I just think it's a really conscious way to practice communicating to be really mean what you say, say what you mean, and if you don't understand or if you don't know something, acknowledge that too. Yeah, I love that. Be respectful and be honest. Um, people will will at the end of the day, that's what they're going to remember. And there's no shame in saying I don't understand or I don't I don't know.
0: One thing I've always respected about you and really admired is that you are very forthright in a very kind way. Like you don't have a problem with conflict. So there's never a worry about well, I wonder, Belinda, it's very clear, but you do it in a way that is very kind and appropriate.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I really try to and I I am very forthright. It is I can't I don't have a good poker face or any of those kinds of things.
0: I can't pretend
1: But, I do feel like that it's very, very important to me for people to tell tell me the truth and I tell the truth to people. Mm-hmm. And it is very upsetting to me if if I feel like someone's trying to manipulate me or lie to me, that that's where I probably have to walk away from that relationship. So effective communication is key to maintaining. Lifetime relationships.
0: Absolutely. Well, honesty in a relationship is a non-negotiable.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, definitely we're all going to have conflicts in our lives. We're all going to have with people we know well, and then people we don't know well. And by really practicing asking ourselves if it's true, necessary, the timing is right. And it's a kind. And then taking moments of pause are all just going to help us in all of the aspects of our, all of our relationships, whether it's work, like you said, family relationships, relationships, Social relationships.
1: And then when we're listening also, when we're listening, watch for those moments where we catch ourselves getting way ahead of the situation instead of being active and consciously listening. I think that that is something that we can all work better on, actually listening to the actual words that someone is telling us and actually trying to understand their point of view before we're racing to give our rebuttal or our response or whatever. These are things that I know I need to work on that. I know I can be a better listener and I I think it's important too to sometimes so what you're saying is like repeat back to someone so that that they feel understood and heard
0: right to say what I'm hearing you say is this and then let them
1: validate if that if that is or isn't what or they they
0: can clarify that is I think definitely one of the things that humans do and I think for a number of reasons that we craft our response one is we want to relate to somebody and we think that by having a Quick comeback is a way to like develop that rapport further. Also, I think part of it is, and I've done no research on (laughs) if this is correct or not. I'm just going off of whatever. Right? I'm not a licensed therapist. Is that it's silence or pauses can be awkward for most people mm-hmm. and so if we can learn learn to be okay with it like with a little bit of silence and not being so quick like we maybe it's because we want to appear that we know oh yes like I know or because we've all had that person who if you're telling a story and then they have had something exactly the same and, and it used to bother me but now what I realize is that they're just trying to common commonality like yeah. they want to connect with me
1: yeah. it isn't a one upping kind of situation no. although there are of some
0: people that do want to one up yeah you. and you're like one up me yeah okay yeah. you're Go better than it. me i'll just let you have it <laughs> But yeah, definitely, it's like all want to connect. And so I think that's, but we have to be able to connect effectively. And so by being able to negotiate conflict is going to just strengthen our connection with somebody.
1: Because it is unavoidable and how we communicate really is how rich our lives are going to be. How well we can communicate is the opportunity for us to have rich and meaningful interactions with people.
0: One more little thought I was going to have is, because you know, I've only had boys, you've had boys and girls, is that it's really funny because I always said with boys being a boy mom is boys were great because if they had a conflict they may just punch each other but then they got right past it and I'm not in Advocating violence, people. Okay, physical violence. But they would—they'd get the little tussle, and then they'd be on. But girls would be like, "You're not coming to my birthday party," and they would hold that grudge. You know, like I'm not inviting you. And but boys would just knock each other around a little bit, and then they'd be like, "All right, let's go do this or whatever." It's but once you once you do navigate a conflict with somebody, it does make you usually have a stronger bond. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, this has been very interesting today. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode, and we look forward to of course having you uh, check us out
0: on all of the socials and our new website yes midlifestatedmindpodcast.com go to the website it's beautiful we love it we'd love for you to write a review we'd
1: love for you to communicate with us about our upcoming retreat that's going to be happening in october so lots of good information out there on the website
0: definitely so we'll see you guys next week
1: bye this has been an e-squared production